back at Firefighter Kingdom. How you doing, Dave Lujan? I have Dave Lujan as a, as a guest. He's on the Masu team um, for Bernalillo County Fire. And uh, we also have Vince Trujillo here, um, our co-host. And we can always, always can't thank Vince enough for, for setting up everything for us. And uh, he's a man behind the scenes. How you doing, Vince? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so happy to be here with Firefighter Kingdom. We have Dave Lujan. Great guest today. He's going to be talking a little bit about uh, paramedic, uh, some rescue and helicopter stuff. So this is really exciting for the, the common layman, which I'm kind of here for, just listening to support the firefighter kingdom and what's going on. But hey, for all you listeners out there, if you're new to the podcast or if you're new to our channel, please uh, subscribe to our iTunes. You can go and search for Firefighter Kingdom on iTunes. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe, share it with someone you know, and uh, we'll We'll be seeing you on the next one too thanks vince we'll be hearing uh, talking to vince a little later and it's the man of the plan right there that makes everything happen behind the scenes so dave man it's it's been a long time and i i actually uh i uh, tell me a little about yourself you know you, how long you've been Bernalillo county fire department yeah hey uh, first off i just want to say uh, robert vince thank you guys so much for for having us out or having me out uh, to talk about uh, our program here and um again it's truly truly an honor obviously you and i have had a long ongoing really long uh friendship uh consider you a friend a professional colleague so it's been really great and vince it's uh, very nice to to get to meet you so super excited to be here to talk about uh talk about our program uh so yeah your initial question how long have i been with uh Bernalillo county so uh i'm just uh completed 13 years uh coming up on to uh my 14th year so yeah it's it's really flown by i started in 2008 and uh, here we are. I can't believe how quick it's gone. It feels like I just got out of the academy. <laughs> nice, man. You know, it's uh, it, it's nice to sit here and talk to you, Dave. Man, you uh, you are a true friend, man, and a colleague. And you know, I you know, I look I look up up to you in respect to uh, you know, just all the things you accomplished in the department. You know, in your career. Um, just you know, it kind of seems like whatever assignment's thrown at you, man, you you give it a hundred percent. You make sure it's done, and that's you know that's why I respect about you. That's why you're on the show, man. I just think that you're you're a good asset to the fire fighting community, good asset to the public, and uh, you know, thank you for being on the show. Um, it's an honor to, to have you. And you know, I just you know, we we're just talking, and you and I just got off shift last night, you know, and uh, you were telling me about. I know, I know there was a, a wildland fire there in uh, Valencia County. And you're you're working as a PIO there on that fire, and I know they also uh, utilize the helicopter, the Masu helicopter. And what 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 did they do? I, I know they were working. I just uh, was curious, see what what their tasks were. What what were they assigned to do on that fire? Yeah, uh, uh, just to an, your initial statement there, Robert. Thank you for um, you know the kind words, brother. Um, just been truly blessed to be part of a great organization and um, blessed with favor and opportunity within the department. So. I definitely just want to give credit where credit is due and, you know, just being a man of faith as well. I feel that God has a hand in everything and Absolutely. has definitely been able to uh, influence everything that I do. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but, you know, b back to your question there about the fire we had yesterday in Valencia County. Yeah, approximately about uh, 1,700 hours, 5 p.m., um, our fire control dispatch reached out to us and asked if we could provide some resources out to a big Bosque fire in the Valencia County area. So we ended up sending out uh, five units to that area. And uh, my job as a PIO is to kind of go where incidents are, are occurring. And because we did have some resources out there, I just wanted to see what was going on and to see if they needed any assistance from the, from the public information side. So we got a great relationship uh, with the media, the local media here, all the newscasts. So 
know, when they call, we try to be able to answer and give them the information that they need. So upon arriving, uh, made contact with our with our crews and uh, spoke with the uh, incident commander, kind of saw what was going on. And uh, multiple agencies were on that fire yesterday, not just including Burnley County Fire. Um, Albuquerque Fire was on there, Valencia County, BLM, State Forestry, um, uh, New Mexico State Forestry. Uh, and again, there's a multitude of agencies. I'm not naming all of them. So, But uh, one of the, the big resources on there was the aviation component. Of it. And there was actually two helicopters on there, and one of them being the uh, Burlington County Sheriff's Office uh, Metro One. And uh, nice. that uh, that's, you know, the program that we're part of. Uh, and uh, essentially, when it comes to this program, um, the Metro Air Support Unit uh, program, uh, it really has three missions. And one of those missions uh, being law enforcement, uh, and because, again, it is a sheriff's department entity. Uh, the second mission being uh, available for fire bucket operations, and that's exactly what it got requested for yesterday. So our, uh, our pilot, who's also our, our undersheriff, uh, we have two pilots that are that are attached to that unit out there and one of them being the the under chef of the Burlington County Sheriff's Department and uh, one of our sergeants uh, Sergeant Fred Beers was uh, uh, on that uh, aircraft yesterday and they conducted a multitude of fire uh, fire bucket drops on there so definitely were uh, a, a great resource uh, for the f- uh, resources on the ground and again it's just one of our mission platforms so we were glad that we were able to be able to assist at a moment's notice that's great you know and, and uh, I think it's you know, working with the other agencies, um, I you know I think we're blessed that here in New Mexico, especially in this in the metro area, um, it seems like we work great with the other agencies, and just to complement, uh, you know, the agencies we have the sheriff's department and the master team, which you're a part of on the aviation side, you know, doing uh, bucket drops, and I've had the actually uh, the the opportunity um, to actually do training with you guys and actually see the you know, bucket drops and you know and. Uh, in the aircraft at action in action doing wildland fires so they do a great job man they're they're not a they they they're they're well trained and they do a great job for the community and that's a great asset that that has um so i mean i keep mentioning masu um what's that the acronym for masu what is it yeah so the the term masu um again it's uh, something that uh, uh we utilize it's a it's an acronym that we throw around a lot and what it stands for is the metro air support unit and and just to get a little bit of a back uh, story on that, uh, just to be 100% clear that uh, the the air assets, um, there's a total of three air assets that uh, are associated with the uh, Metro Air Support Unit. Uh, we have a, uh, an A-STAR, uh, which is a, um, a B-350 um, platform. Uh, we also have a 1970s uh, Vietnam-era UH-1 Huey, and uh, we have a fixed-wing Cessna and uh, I feel kind of bad right now. I can't remember the, all the specific uh, uh, call numbers on them. But, uh, again, three air assets. And those uh, resources are um, 100% belong to the Burlington County Sheriff's Office. So uh, so when you hear the term um, MASU, that's exactly what we're referring to. It's, it's, a, it's a sheriff's department resource. And uh, back in 2014, um, the Burlington County Fire Department was approached by the Sheriff's Department and said that, you know, they wanted to put together a, um, a search and rescue team with hoist capabilities. And we can go into that uh, later. But 
whenever we reference the fire department, uh, as far as being associated with the MASU team, um, we have another name and it's, uh, it's the air rescue task force. So, but whenever you hear the term MASU, uh, it is very specific to the, uh, to the sheriff's department, but it's kind of an umbrella. We all fall underneath that. So whenever we reference say, Hey, I'm part of the MASU program, there's some, some, some subcategories underneath that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I've, I've had the unique opportunity to uh, see you guys in action, you know, and the great job you guys do. You know, you know, I, we've all done repelling and stuff like mm-hmm. that in the fire department, but, I, you know, I just don't know if, you know, if I'm going to be hanging out of a helicopter repelling or getting wasted. <laughs> so, and I was, you know, I was, thinking, I was just thinking the last night where I was thinking about coming to this, uh, to this podcast, I was thinking, man, what? What uh, what training do you guys have to even go through? I mean, is there a certain is there certifications or a certain amount of hours that you have to uh, get trained to to actually get hoisted off of the aircraft or repel or doing rescues? Yeah, no, Robert, that's that's a great question, and it's not just like a, an easy. Uh, there's no easy answer to it, and and it's basically continued to um, grow and and. Um, you know, more requirements and things have definitely been added as we've continued in this program. But just like as I stated earlier, uh, we were approached back in 2014 to essentially provide uh, five paramedics uh, available uh, that were already certified. ALS capabilities were medics that were running out on the streets. And uh, we had a, l- a large group of, of, of qualified personnel that were in our fire department that were very interested in getting into this program. And um, so they ended up selecting five. And I was one of the fortunate ones to, to be selected in that initial initial group of uh, paramedics that got selected and uh, at that time uh, the only requirement was is that you had a minimum of at least three years uh, as a working paramedic out in the field and uh, us we were going to go through a a training with a third-party agency called Priority One and um, they specialized in training people how to do hoist rescues and and uh, patient packaging out in the Austria environment and it was a, about a seven-day course that we took, and I mean, every day for eight hours, just kind of learning the basics of it. But with a program like this and, and having um, kind of the techniques associated with it, it's not something that's just learned over, you know, a seven-day period of time. It's something that is trained for, for, for many years. And uh, so that's kind of how the initial training started, but uh, with these types of skills, they're perishable skills. So you got to, you got to keep them up and you got to continue to keep working on them. So what we, uh, what's required of our paramedics and our, um, what we call our tactical flight officers and our sheriff's deputies and our pilots is, uh, we have a minimum of, uh, two training days uh, a month, uh, that are consistent anywhere between four and eight hours. And then, uh, Every month, we also have a safety meeting that's associated with some kind of breakout session to just go over different types of techniques that we may be utilizing on the aircraft or on the ground or uh, techniques that we're seeing that uh, other ground agencies that we're working with. Uh, just to kind of, you know, truly talk about safety and things that we could do, uh, get better at. And then um, at least once a year, we do what we call an annual refresher. And uh, we go out for, again, another seven days. And I mean, we're, we're doing, we're hitting this stuff hard. We're practicing all of our hoist training, our short haul capabilities, uh, rappel out of the helicopter. And again, this is all new techniques that we've added over the years of the program. And uh, we are now in, um, we're coming into our seventh year. So March of 2021 will be seven years uh, of kind of the establishment of this, uh, this collaboration with uh, the Berlin County Sheriff's Department and the Berlin County Fire Department and the, the search and rescue aspect of it. Nice. I, I mean, 
you know, I might be biased. <laughs> I work for Burnley County, but I just, I could see the compliment that, you know, the, the, the fire department offers to, and the sheriff's department working together offer to Bernalillo County. I think it's a great asset. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually um, one of the few organizations throughout the United States that operates that way. There's a couple other agencies that, um, to be honest with you, they actually modeled after what we did. And it, and it just makes sense, nice. right? Uh, you know, you have two great uh, public safety resources under one umbrella, which is Bernalillo County. Why not collaborate them? So, again, the sheriff's department provides the, the helicopters uh, to include the pilots, uh, tactical flight officers, hoist operators, and the fire department provides the paramedics that, uh, you know, have the, the medical skills and the, um, you know, the, the hoisting and the, the, the ground support and things of that sort. And, and we've worked with uh, uh, multiple agencies um, just outside of uh, Bernalillo County, volunteer agencies. And uh, we just recently, over the last... Um, Three years have uh, been working with uh, the school UNM School of Medicine uh, Reach and Treat team, which uh, has now been actually brought on to our team as part of the air support unit. Nice. Uh, so, so they're, so they're physicians. Or? So yeah, no, it's uh, they're they're a phenomenal organization, and um, here in our backyard at the University of New Mexico, they offer a program um, through the School of Medicine, and it's international uh, diploma in mountain medicine. And uh, there's very few uh, education agencies or organizations that offer a program like that, and it's actually accredited through ICAR, and ICAR stands for the International Commission of Alpine Rescue. Uh, just in the past, we had we were doing these hoist rescues, and we were actually finding ourselves working with these individuals on the ground, and uh, they just they bring such a, a high level of techni- uh, technical type rescue and their capabilities, and they're out there actually teaching people all over the world about the importance of mountain rescue and search and rescue and how to be prepared. And um, we said, why are we not? Why are we not working with them on a regular yeah. basis? So a uh, relationship was fostered. Uh, Jason Williams, who's the director of that program, phenomenal individual. His dad uh, is actually has a lot of uh, very strong ties with Burnley County Fire Department within the volunteer days. Uh, so, you know, it was just a, it was just a great work, working relationship right off the bat. So, you know, I just uh, I really want to give credit to him to help foster that relationship. And essentially it started off as just kind of a, like doing some training and stuff together to the point where now they're actually part of the air crew. And uh, anytime we get a mission, we're reaching out to them so that they can uh, either come fly with us on the mission or we actually have ground support teams going in. But one of your questions was asking is, is are they physicians? Uh, yes, there is physicians on the team. So at a minimum, everybody's at the paramedic um, license. And, uh, and then we do have physicians that are actually on the team that, uh, that fly with us. Nice. Very good. So, I mean, the, so as far as EMS goes, I mean, we have paramedics, we have physicians. So the capabilities is basically the same thing that would be like on the back of a rescue or an ambulance. I mean, so it's basically an ambulance or a rescue in the air. Is that is that? Yeah, no, de- definitely. That's definitely a, a correct statement. Um, one thing that I, what we do try to identify is, is we do have these capabilities of providing ALS uh, interventions and care, whether it's in the aircraft or whether it's on the ground. But our goal is, is that, uh, you know, this resource, especially from the search and rescue aspect of it, is, uh, is designed to try to get people out of the austere environment. And what does that mean? That means that either ground crews are going to have a, a delayed time trying to get to these individuals because of where they're located, um, or they're just out in an area where nobody can find them. And, uh, you know, we utilize this resource to 
potentially find them in the air. And if we have the ability to get in and get them out quickly, that's our primary objective. Now, can we provide the medical services that are need? Absolutely. But we try, we try not to do that if we don't have to, um, if it's, if it's a critical situation and we need to, to provide those interventions, we absolutely do it. But we like to say that our bread and butter is extracting individuals out of the austere environment and then getting them to definitive care quickly. And, you know, we can go through that whole, if you're, if you've had any training in EMS or medical field, they talk about that golden hour. And our, our job is to try to get the, these individuals, especially if they're critical hurt back to some definitive care within that golden hour. And having this air resource definitely gives us the ability to do that. Sure. So, I mean, that's, that's great for the public in Bernalillo County. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And it's, it's not only, uh, I mean, it's not only Bernalillo County, right? It's a surrounding area. I mean, do you guys even go out of state at all? Or? Yeah, no, Robert, that's a great question. So when we started this program, yes, the resource was um, through Bernalillo County. But uh, again, the sheriff's department uh, have had these air, re- air assets for quite some time. And uh, even from a law enforcement side of things, and even from a fire bucket operations things, they were going outside Bernalillo County to surrounding agencies or surrounding counties and, uh, you know, doing this stuff for the state of New Mexico. And then when we brought on the search and rescue aspect of it, uh, yes, we are absolutely a resource for the state of New Mexico. Uh, We haven't gone out of state yet, but we have done a multitude of rescues outside Bernalillo County. So stuff in Taos, um, out in uh, Silver City area, uh, Socorro County, um, uh, again, Valencia County, uh, Santa Fe County. So, I mean, we, uh, we, we've been utilized by a multitude of agencies throughout the state of New Mexico. And the closest that we've came to going outside of the state was actually on the Texas-New Mexico state borderline that was out in southern New Mexico and Colorado. Uh, we ended up not flying that mission, but just goes to show that the, the word is out, that we're sure. a resource, and we want to continue to promote that. And I hope even through this, this podcast, people are listening, just know that this resource is, is, a, is a resource for the state of New Mexico. So we encourage anybody, if they need to utilize this, go through their dispatch center, have them notify Bernalillo County um, Dispatch Center and, and make a request for air support. And again, with three aircrafts, we can do a multitude of different things. So um, it just really depends on which aircrafts we have up at that time, if we're any down for maintenance, and how we're going to decide, uh, you know, which aircraft to use and uh, which technique we're going to use for whatever the situation may be. Right. All right. So, I mean, so I, I wasn't even aware you guys did that many counties outside of Bernalillo County. So, I mean, it's really the whole state of New Mexico. So, I mean, how, how, uh, how, like, say last year, what was the numbers of rescues you guys you guys did in well, just the state of New Mexico? That's a great question, Robert. And I brought these. Sometimes I I forget to just uh, you know I don't have them ingrained in my head. Oh, and the sure. reason for it is because we are being utilized so much. So last year in 2019, we had a total of 48 requests for service, um, and that's not just within Bernalillo County. That's throughout the state of New Mexico, neighboring counties. Um, we essentially uh, we. And then part of the, what these numbers are is uh, we had what we call um, confirmed coordinates um, from the air. And what that means is that uh, whatever agency it may be, whether it's ground support crews or, um, you know, a, a, a different county calls us and they say, hey, we have an individual that uh, we think they're here. They give us some coordinates. We go fly over those coordinates and we're able to confirm those coordinates and saying, hey, yes, we've spotted this subject. This is where they're at. The coordinates that you gave us are correct or Hey, the coordinates you gave us were not correct, but we did find them. Here is the updated coordinates. And essentially, we're, we're an eye in the sky for them just to confirm that, hey, when you're sending your ground crews in there, you're going in the right direction. Because there's nothing worse than sending a, a group of individuals to go try to rescue somebody and they're going they in the wrong direction, them. right? Or they can't find them. Sure. And the problem with that is, is um, you know, 
I'm not, I don't want to be specific to, to anybody, but uh, when you put more people out on in a mountain in the austere environment, I don't care if, even if they're a rescuer, they become more at risk, you know, for sure. potential injury. And now do we just don't have one person we're looking for. We're potentially um, going to be assisting with, uh, with more people that are out in the field that could potentially get injured. Uh, so finding those coordinates and making sure that we can verify those coordinates is, is, is really, really a, st- a strong resource. And, uh, uh, last year we did that, um, 11 times. So, and that means that we just, we didn't land. We just confirmed where they were at and then we guided ground crews into them. And then, uh, we had a total of seven hoist rescues, uh, and then we landed four times, uh, and rescued people. So anytime that we go into any type of mission, um, and we and they're out in the austere environment, and we're thinking that we may try to hoist these individuals out or short haul them out. Our first contingency is we try to find a place to land, you know, because there's there's this, there's inherent risks that are associated with any of those, and if we can mitigate those risks by just landing and potentially walking to where their patient is, and even maybe that's a you know half mile a mile away, sure. and we can do that safely, we're going to do that. So uh, we ended up doing that four times last year, um, and then we had uh, three. A bucket fire bucket operations. So these were three big fires that our resources were called to that we conducted bucket drops. And then uh, one of the other things that we do, it kind of goes in line with the confirming coordinates is depending on the time of day and how long the resources are going to take to get there on the ground, we fly over and uh, we actually drop care packages down to them. And it, it does two things. Uh, the first thing is it just lets those individuals know that, hey, I'm not, I may be out here and I, and I concern, I, I'm confirmed that I'm lost but somebody has eyes on me. Sure. We know that we're sending resources to you. Gives them that comfort. It, exactly. It gives them that comfort. Like somebody's coming for me. And then when you can throw down a care package that has, you know, some, um, some water, some food, a little bit of shelter, something to keep them warm, a signaling mirror, it just lets them, it gives them a little bit more peace of mind that, uh, you know, I'm going to be okay. We're going to, they're, they're sending people in here to, to get us. Good. So. Good. I, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, I know that I've heard of the care package. I wasn't aware of what's in them. So, I mean, that's good to know. Um, you know, one thing, um, I was talking to another firefighter uh, a couple of weeks ago and just talking about being on the mountain, especially the Sandia Mountains, how big it is. And just the weather change from the bottom to the top. I mean, you don't realize even in the summer months, you could actually, you could actually, you know, get a hypothermia, right? I mean, Absolutely. Um, people can suffer hypothermia in the mid of summer. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and if people have heard this term before, so if you live in New Mexico, um, if you don't like the weather, you know, wait 20 minutes because it changes. Right. And, and that's just kind of in the normal environment. Uh, so when you start getting into the mountainous terrain, uh, and, and again, the Mecca that we have here in Bernalillo County with the Sandia Mountains, with all these established trails, these beautiful sites, our beautiful city that sits in the valley, you know, people are utilizing these trails all the time. And, uh, but what we find a lot is that these people go up into these areas and, uh, they're not properly, don't have the proper footing. They don't have the proper clothing and really they don't go prepared. They don't take enough water. And they, some people don't even take water at all, which is just, uh, it's a little bit baffling that, uh, people would even do that, but they do. So, um, but we've seen people just go in and kind of a t-shirt and shorts because when they started down on the ground, uh, it was nice and warm. And, you know, as they're moving up those right. mountains, they're, they're sweating, they're getting hot. And then within maybe an hour into their hike, 
you know, the clouds start rolling in or weather just changes. And the next thing you know, we, we see a temperature drop of, drop of sometimes 20 degrees in some of those areas. So, yeah. So it is possible to get hypothermia. And I, Absolutely. It's hard to believe, you know, you're, you start climbing a mountain at 90 degrees, whatever, you know, especially if you're not prepared, you're in flip-flops, you're in shorts, <laughs> you know, or you have Absolutely. your dog with you, you don't have no snacks, you know, and then you get up there and it starts getting cold, it starts getting dark, you know, and that's where, uh, you know, I think that's, that's one thing, you know, if the public listens to this podcast that, you know, they understand that sure, go enjoy the outdoors. I mean, that's, it's peaceful. It's, you know, it's, it's good to clear your mind, but also remember it could be dangerous. I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we encourage people, please go out, you know, use these amenities that, uh, you know, in my opinion, these are God gifts, you know, you, you go out, like you said, use a, use a trail to just, uh, uh, there, there's a term that's called, um, like a nature therapy, you know, and just sometimes it's just going out, walking, even if you're having a conversation with somebody or nobody at all, it just, it's a form of therapy, just kind of being out in those environments. So we 100% encourage people to do that, but we also do encourage them to be prepared and understand where they're going and the necessary, the necessary uh, items that they would need to hit some of these trails. And, and again, we can talk uh, more specifics about that uh, later, but yeah, we, we, we want people to go out and, and, and do those things. Good. Well, that's very good. I mean, that's that's what I what I want. That's what I want about this podcast. Just you know, it's for firefighters, for the community, just to get the word out. You know, but I know I, I was I was talking to you the other day. You know, it's, uh, it's always like I said, it's always a pleasure talking to you. But you're telling me you guys always assist. You all assist law enforcement also. You guys are on uh, the aircraft for law enforcement also, and you're telling me about a situation where you're on a chase where there's actually a shooting. And you saw actually an individual get shot. Is that correct by law enforcement? So that was that was crazy. I did I didn't realize you guys were actually on the aircraft during law enforcement uh, uh, operations. Yeah, that that is true. So um, last year uh, we we worked with um, our our management to get them to understand the importance of the way that we, the way we were currently operating. Let me back up a little bit. Was uh, we we had a paramedic um, or an officer staged at a, at a station. And any time that uh, a mission came in, we would essentially divert those individuals from their station to go out to the to the hangar where we have the aircraft um, set up, and uh, they would they would go out on the mission from there. The problem we were finding with that is just our our our, our skids off the ground time, our time to get on station was averaging between you know forty five minutes to an hour. And again, one of our goals was to try to, to assist in that golden hour period, especially if somebody's critical. So what was decided by um, the, the air sport unit and, and management was we need to have somebody up there full time. So we actually have a full time, what we call a rescue specialist up there um, five days out of the week and then also on call when necessary. But in doing that, uh, we don't get search and rescue calls every day. We don't get fire bucket calls every day. But what we do get called every day is for law enforcement patrols. And our deputies do a phenomenal job. Our police officers in Albuquerque do a phenomenal job. And we're another resource for them over the city of Albuquerque. So what uh, what we do is we're, we're up there in the air. Uh, we're also kind of another eye in the sky to assist the tactical flight officers and the pilot. And uh, in the event that uh, we need to divert to a mission right away, we don't have to go back to the airport to pick one of us to go. We have all of our gear with us and we immediately go on our mission. But sometimes we don't get those missions. So uh, in doing that, we've done pursuits with vehicles. Uh, and I said, yeah, we had we actually had one where... Um, you know, our, our police officers were involved in an officer involved shooting and we actually caught all that on film and we were in the back and it was, uh, 
talk about a, a new insight and appreciation for what our, our, our other side of law enforcement or public safety does, which is law enforcement and the situations that they got put in, you know, and we see that firsthand, you know, normally from the fire department stand, we, uh, we don't go into the scene until it's all been cleared by them. You know, they, they truly protect us, but just seeing what they had to do, deal with and react so quickly, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was eye opening, even for somebody who's in public safety and already has a good understanding of what they do, but to just see it like that. Yeah. It was pretty crazy for us. Yeah, I could see. So, I mean, if there was ever a time where un, in the unfortunate uh, situation where, where uh, an officer or a deputy, you know, they were injured or they got shot, you could actually land the helicopter, give them medical attention immediately. Cause there's probably a helicopter or a physician on the aircraft. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Normally on the law enforcement patrols, it's typically more of the paramedics from the fire department side. Um, our physicians and our reach and treat personnel typically go more on the search and rescue, um, a little bit more critical type missions, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If we had the ability to land at that location and render medical aid, we could immediately do that. We carry our medical gear with us on the helicopter during these patrols. And, um, We've actually done that uh, before. There was a, there was an individual at the shooting range, and um, we were doing patrol over there. We were able to, to land, apply a tourniquet, and uh, save this individual. And I'm going to make sure I give credit where credit's due. It actually wasn't one of the uh, the medics that was on at that time. It was one of the tactical flight officers who was an EMT at the time. He's an intermediate. So oh, we told him he kind of stole our thunder, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if he wouldn't have done that, this individual could have easily bled out. Um, so... It just again just shows the the resource capability. Oh, that's that's a that's a good resource and a tool. I mean, for for even I mean, probably just not for law enforcement. It could be for civilians or anybody that you know needs immediate attention. You can actually land the helicopter, and so that's a that's a great resource. And you know, I, I just uh, you know I'm sure you remember uh, you know uh, utilizing the helicopter to remember veterans. We did that push up. Uh, challenge a 22 push-up uh, challenge and that was pretty cool that was you know we had the aircraft involved in fact uh, when we put this uh, podcast on our youtube channel we'll, we'll put, play that video yeah. and i think they'd like to see that so i mean it was actually you know uh, law enforcement and, and uh, fire department from Berlin county doing push-ups 22 push-ups because that's what represents you know almost uh, 22 uh, unfortunately uh veterans commit suicide a day yeah um, but you know, it was kind of cool to, to do that filming, you have the helicopter come in and you, you know, with your leadership, you actually took, you know, control of that, the leader of the, doing the push up challenge. And that was a great opportunity. So I was just, I want to put that on our podcast and just, uh, show, show, uh, you know, the community and also throw some other videos up there, of, you know, the good rescue you guys have, maybe some bucket drops and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, we're definitely, uh, we can, we can make sure to get all that out and, you know, uh, specific to, uh, us doing that, uh, that commercial there, uh, it was definitely more of a public relations, uh, type of event. And, you know, we, I talked earlier about the three missions we have and, you know, the first one being law enforcement, second one being fire bucket operations, and the third one being search and rescue. Well, there's technically a fourth one and that's the public relations. And we want the, the especially the citizens of Bernalillo County to understand that this is their resource, you know, and if we can be at some of these events, uh, we want to be at these events to just show the public what our, what the resource is, what our capabilities are, and just to educate them as much as we can. And yeah, that, uh, that, that pushup challenge was, was a lot of fun, man. Um, <laughs> you know, was. it just, it was really great to be able to, just showcase I, I think the big thing for me was the was obviously what the cause was for right we were we were there to, to really identify you know the the serious issue when it comes to our veterans with PTSD and you know we know even on the law enforcement side and the fire department side that's stuff that we struggle with as well so it was a, it was a very good parallel for us to be able to identify with what our veterans are going through and then secondly it was uh, it was great to see 
the two organizations that are that are, are providing this resource, which was the sheriff's department and the fire department, coming together to you know put out this uh, this PSA, and then uh, and then I mean it's just extremely fun when you guys look at the video there, you know, be, us being able to uh, just show what some of our uh, rescue. Uh, techniques are and capabilities and re- actually repelling out of the helicopter. I mean, that's what we did there on scene. We right. repelled, took our equipment off and went and started, uh, started doing pushups there. And, um, I'm not going to lie. It was fun. You know, we got, uh, we got called out by our, our, uh, our neighboring station with Albuquerque fire. It's an amazing department. It's a lot of uh, great men and women that, that work for there. And they called us out to do that pushup challenge. So, I think what was fun about us is we rose to the challenge, right? We right. said, oh, they, those guys put out a great video, man. What, what can we do to try to try to supersede that? Right. So just a, a little friendly competition there. Right. And, uh, and you, you know, know how we roll, man. We, <laughs> we overdid it. Man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's bring the helicopter. Let's bring the sheriff's department. Let's bring anybody we can. And, you know, uh, you know, special thanks to Laura Cunningham, who who definitely, uh, oh, gosh, she was, she was the the... the the, the minecraft behind that and when we told her all the resources we can make available she just said oh we have to do this so i, I really want to give a lot of credit to her because she made that video oh absolutely great. you and i a, worked on getting the resources together but right. she she just she was the brainchild behind that she was and she's <laughs> done a lot for uh, for fire and in, in, uh, commercials yeah. and videos and stuff and i and you know what um there's a commercial she did a firefighter commercial um i think it was a psa she did a couple for us. Did a great job, and you were actually on yeah, one of those. Yeah, that's how I that's how I met Laura. She, yeah. I was part of one of the very first ones we put out, and she was she was great to work. Maybe with, we can man. actually throw that PSA on <laughs> on, uh, on uh, YouTube to show yeah. you pretty mugged everybody. Yeah, man, so. yeah. Well, thanks, bro. <laughs> that's just a matter of opinion, but I'll take it, bro. I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, well, so we'll, yeah, we'll put that PSA on there. But uh, you know, just going back is um, to the International Association of Firefighters. They actually want to know she won an award for, for that for one of the best PSA says that year i think it was uh i want to say 2017 if i'm not mistaken yeah, so they won an right. award so th- i mean an award so it was it was great yeah she was awesome she was great to work with i hope we get an opportunity to work with her again she's a lot of fun and, and she's just she's a master of her craft she sure. she's in the right place she's doing the right thing so um, i said it was it was it's, i said a, bl- a blessing to work with her man absolutely everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the end of part one of our interview with Dave Lujan, Bernalillo County Helicopter Rescue. And we're going to be continuing in the next episode with even more interesting stuff, more great information, and continuing on with this great guest and the great topic that we're talking about, including going into that crazy online video that we all saw maybe uh, not too long ago of a helicopter rescue of the 74-year-old woman in Arizona where she was kind of spinning out of control. That got a lot of airplay. And Dave Lujan has a very interesting perspective on that kind of set the record straight a little bit so stay tuned for that if you like this episode please hit the like button share it and also subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of firefighter kingdom take care